0: Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, episode number 87. On five important brain health and Alzheimer's prevention strategies that everyone should know. My name is Andrea Samadhi. And if you're new here, I'm a former educator who created this podcast to bring the most current neuroscience research along with high performing experts who've risen to the top of their field with specific strategies or ideas that you can implement immediately, whether you're an educator or in the corporate space to take your results to the next level. If we want to improve our social, emotional, and cognitive abilities, it all starts with an understanding of our brain. If you've been following this podcast, you'll know that my husband and I had a SPECT image brain scan completed at Dr. Amen's clinics to see if there's anything we needed to be aware of to make targeted improvements to our brain health and life with the idea that preventing cognitive decline and looking to see if we showed signs of Alzheimer's that can be seen in the brain years before signs and symptoms show up. If you missed episode number 84, where I revealed my results of the brain scan, go back and listen to this episode before you listen to this one. If we want to take our results to the next level, the best way to do this is by getting a clear picture of what's going on with the organ, your brain, that controls pretty much everything that you do. You might be like me and you don't have any signs or symptoms that you notice that might be giving you problems, but you just want to be as healthy as you can to tackle life's everyday challenges with more ease. Or you might be like my friend Doug Sutton, who shared on episode 82 that he was experiencing brain fog and low energy. You can do what we did and get a SPECT image brain scan and follow the treatment plan based on what your scans show. Our plan begins with taking brain health supplements, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, improving our sleep and looking closer at our current health with blood tests. We're working closely with Dr. Crioto from Dr. Amen's Chicago clinic as we implement these new strategies for improvement. Many people begin to feel better subjectively and can feel mentally sharper from these strategies. I can say that some of the supplements that we began taking from Dr. Amen's Brain MD, like their Brain and Body Power Max, I felt an immediate difference with clarity and the ability to focus. After a year or more, many people choose to rescan their brain to see what changes occur physically from their treatment plan. There's also another option for looking at your brain that I've recently learned about. I was contacted on LinkedIn by one of my connections, another podcaster, Luke DePron. He's a former actor turned lifestyle and fitness entrepreneur, and he told me I really needed to take a look at the WAVE neuroscience team. He sent me this link to the podcast he did with Dr. Eric Wan and Navy SEAL Ned Mason, and when I listened to it, I was blown away with what they're doing. If you've been interested in our past few episodes where we talked about the importance of looking at the brain to improve performance, you'll know that this is not just something for those involved in special operations in the military or elite athletes or for people who are struggling with a brain disorder. The Wave Neural team is dealing more and more with mainstream people like you and me who are looking to improve their performance. Stay tuned as I do have on the radar to interview Dr. Eric Wan and Ned Mason to dive deeper into how they are measuring the brain with EEG that is designed to measure the electrical activity of the brain to see what parts of the brain are cycling too fast or too slow, and then they optimize these parts of the brain from this data. To put it plain and simple, I was speaking with Wave Neuro's head of PR, Sean Bartlett, and he reminded me that what gets measured gets managed. And you may have heard it another way with measuring data with what we measure, we improve. Before getting a spec scan and looking at my brain, I had no idea what I was doing for my brain health, really. I was eating well, exercising, taking supplements, but still when I had my scan evaluation, Dr. Creato from Amon's Clinics told me that for someone doing a lot of things right, I don't like how your brain looks, and now we can target certain areas to improve. But I wouldn't have known what to do if I didn't look. And after speaking with Sean over at Wave Neuro, I now have another angle or a solution for how we can look at and measure our brain health. I can't wait to share what they're doing over there with their groundbreaking technology. The case is clear that in order to move the needle the most with our health, there are some important areas that we can come to a consensus that are crucial to pay attention to. I decided to write this episode on the top five brain health strategies that we should all know and why they're important for Alzheimer's prevention after I watched Dr. David Perlmutter's Alzheimer's The Science of Prevention program last week that dove deep into the strategies involved in preventing Alzheimer's. I'm working on getting Dr. Perlmutter on as a guest here to dive deeper into these strategies because I think this topic is of high importance for everyone to understand. We know that Alzheimer's disease now affects more than 5 million Americans, and it's the most common form of dementia, which is a term that describes a variety of diseases and conditions that develop when nerve cells in the brain die or no longer function normally. I was interested in learning more on this topic since it was one of the reasons we did our scan of the brain in the first place. The pattern of Alzheimer's can be seen in the brain years before signs and symptoms show up. So when I saw Dr. Perlmutter's Alzheimer's Prevention Series, I watched every single episode to learn what brain experts across the country are saying about the top ways to prevent this disease that currently has no known or meaningful treatment. But I was given some hope when I learned that you can change the direction of your cognitive destiny from Max Gaveri. He's a health and science journalist and New York Times bestselling author of the book Genius Foods. So here's how we can take control of our health and future with the top five health staples that I think we should all know and how they play a role in Alzheimer's prevention. Health staple one is daily exercise. This seems to be the solution for every single brain problem. So I think it's the most important strategy and the reason why I block out exercise time on my schedule as non-negotiable. If we can incorporate 30 minutes of brisk walking every day, we will be miles ahead with our brain health. It wasn't until I started to measure my activity that I started to see that 30 minutes of walking a day really did make a difference. I didn't need to be running or working out really hard like I used to think I had to to notice a difference, but I did need to put in some effort to move the needle. The benefits of daily consistent exercise come directly from its ability to reduce insulin resistance, reduce inflammation, and stimulate the release of growth factors, which are chemicals in the brain that affect the health of brain cells, the growth of new blood vessels in the brain, and even the abundance and survival of new brain cells. If for some reason this whole idea of exercising still doesn't sound the least bit interesting to you, you might be surprised like I was that household activities like vacuuming or raking leaves or anything that gets your heart rate up like shoveling snow, something I haven't done for years, but these activities can also fall into the category of moderate exercise. The idea is whatever you choose that it remains consistent so it eventually becomes something you do habitually. An Alzheimer's prevention thought for daily exercise, if exercise reduces insulin resistance and inflammation, it would make sense that it also reduces the risk of Alzheimer's. Studies show that people who are physically active have a lower risk of developing Alzheimer's disease and possibly have improved thinking. Health staple two, getting good quality sleep making sure we're getting at least seven to eight hours each night i think we've seen the importance of sleep with the interviews we've done with sleep expert dr shane creato on episode 72 and with dr sarah Mackay on episode 85. it's clear that sleep deprivation causes poor health and performance because it's not allowing enough time for the brain to wash and clean itself With less than seven hours of sleep each night, the trash builds up in our brain and leads us farther away from health. I learned from health expert Darren Oleon from The Darren Oleon Show. He's the one who did the Netflix docuseries with Zac Efron called Down to Earth with Zac Efron that studies show that almost all neurodegenerative diseases, including Alzheimer's disease, are created when waste products accumulate in the brain, which in turn slowly suffocates and kills the brain's neurons. We also know that the brain shows lower functioning to important areas when it's sleep deprived. So in Alzheimer's prevention thought for the importance of sleep, Dr. David Perlmuter on his Alzheimer's Science of Prevention series made a clear case for the fact that sleep deprivation is directly linked to developing Alzheimer's disease and that sleep plays an important role, impacting our risk for developing this condition. He went on to remind us that from a medical perspective, we cannot afford a bad night's sleep, and that sleep is essential if we want to retain optimal function of our body and our brains. Health staple three, eating a healthy diet, eliminating sugar and processed foods. We hear this all the time and we know intuitively what feels good when we eat it and what makes our body feel tired, lethargic, and just plain bad. The goal is to eliminate the brain robbers that steal our energy and do what helps it, not what hurts it. There are two specific moments that I remember that were life-changing when it came to my diet. The first was around 2005 when I was seeing a foot doctor, his name was Dr. Richard Jacoby. And I was experiencing some numbness in my feet after exercise. And he said, why don't you try eliminating sugar completely from your diet? And I was just looking for solutions to why I couldn't feel the top of my feet during exercise. I didn't show any signs of diabetes, but this doctor was writing a book that's now released. It was called Sugar Crush, How to Reduce Inflammation, Reverse Nerve Damage, and Reclaim Good Health. And he was convinced that sugar intake was at the root of most health problems. He suggested I take fish oil and learn to avoid higher glycemic foods. And the results that occurred were so impactful that I wish I had done this sooner. The benefits of cutting out sugar from my diet only snowballed my health for the better down the road. When I was ready to have children, I was worried that I would have some challenges here because I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, in my late 20s, and I was told that I might have to take fertility drugs to conceive. But surprisingly, after some tests, my doctor told me I no longer had this condition, and it appears to be reversed, and she asked me what I've done. And the only thing I did was exercise, take fish oil, and cut out sugar. The second life-changing aha moment around diet I had was focused around intermittent fasting that we'll talk about a bit later on point five, but it was eye-opening when I started to follow Dave Asprey, the author of New York Times bestseller, The Bulletproof Diet, Lose Up to a Pound a Day, Reclaim Focus and Upgrade Your Life, and the creator of Bulletproof Coffee. Who would have ever have thought that putting butter, coconut oil, or MCT oil in your coffee would help you to increase your energy and stay lean? I heard this idea first from bodybuilder and fitness expert Jason Whitrock. I used to watch his YouTube channel where he explains exactly what goes into a keto coffee or a keto diet and why it's good for your energy levels. He explains the science behind the keto diet and it was a great resource for me when I was learning that eating fats won't make me fat. Thomas DeLauer is also a great resource for anyone who wants to learn more about intermittent fasting or the ketogenic diet. So an Alzheimer's prevention thought for eating a healthy diet, did you know that sugar in the brain actually looks like Alzheimer's in the brain and that 60% of cognitive decline is related to how you handle blood sugar? There's a study that followed 5,189 people for over 10 years, and it found that people with high blood sugar had a faster rate of cognitive decline than those with normal blood sugar, whether or not their blood sugar level technically made them diabetic. In other words, the higher the blood sugar, the faster the cognitive decline. Did you also know that with type 2 diabetes that you have almost double the risk for Alzheimer's disease that has no known treatment? If you have type 2 diabetes, your goal would be to do everything you can to manage your blood sugar by eating good carbs, complex carbs with fiber, eating lower glycemic foods that balance your blood sugar levels instead of throwing them off balance with higher levels of sugar. In the show notes, I posted an image of a healthy brain from Dr. Amon's clinics that show even symmetrical blood flow to the healthy brain and the Alzheimer's brain that shows a drop of blood flow to the important parts of the brain. So you can see the difference of what a brain looks like when it's starting to degenerate. Health staple number four, optimizing our microbiome. Did you know that your gut is made up of trillions of bacteria, fungi, and other microbes? This microbiome plays an important role in your health by helping to control digestion and benefiting your immune system. Taking a probiotic daily, remaining active, eating a healthy diet, and avoiding foods that disrupt our microbiome like processed fried foods, sugar, and high fructose corn syrup and artificial sweeteners are important for our gut-brain health. So an Alzheimer's prevention thought for optimizing your microbiome, there does appear to be a hidden relationship between Alzheimer's disease and the microbiome in our gut and that an imbalanced gut microbiome could lead to Alzheimer's disease and wider neuroinflammation through the gut-brain axis. Promoting good bacteria relative to bad bacteria in the gut may be important in maintaining good digestive, immune, and neurological health. This is still a developing field, but taking prebiotics and probiotics are the best way to promote a healthy gut-brain balance. Health staple five is intermittent fasting, which has many health benefits that you might have heard of, like the fact that it reduces belly fat, I started intermittent fasting around three years ago when I was looking to take my health to the next level. And I was following some of the well-known bodybuilders to see what they were doing for their health and fitness. I started the 16-8 program where you fast for 16 hours and you only eat foods in an eight-hour window. And I just picked four days a week to try this out. So I picked Sunday to Wednesday to do this to see what would happen. And the results were obvious. I was able to quickly get down to my goal weight where I was stuck before and exercise definitely wasn't moving the needle. So an Alzheimer's prevention thought for intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting has so many other benefits tied to this practice, like the fact that it fights insulin resistance, lowers your risk of type 2 diabetes, it reduces inflammation in the body, it's beneficial for heart health, and may prevent cancer. So if it's fighting insulin resistance, then it's also fighting your risk for Alzheimer's. So let's review and think about some action steps for these five staple tips. Wherever you are with your current health, there's always a way to take your results to the next level. You don't need to get bogged down with implementing these ideas in a rush and stressing yourself out in the process. To get started, just pick one area out of the five that you want to improve and work on that area for the next 90 days. So just to think about where to begin with daily exercise, if you want to improve your daily exercise but have no idea where to begin, I would start with walking. For beginners, I remember after a surgery that I could barely walk to the bottom of my driveway. And I remember thinking how frustrating that was. Listen to your body and start with short distances. If you're moderate to advanced and you might have plateaued with your current exercise routine, Think about working with a trainer. Many are available for Zoom or video calls to supplement what you're currently doing with your exercise program and maybe gyms are closed, but the key is to do something that you've never done before to get new and different results. So what about where to begin with getting a good quality sleep? Have you watched our interview with sleep expert, Dr. Shane Creato on episode 72 or Dr. Sarah McKay on episode 75? Start there. If you're waking up and you feel tired and not rested, have you considered getting a sleep study to test the quality and quantity of your sleep? Take inventory of your sleep and see, are you at least getting seven to eight and a half hours each night? And have you ever used an app to measure your sleep? What about where to begin with eating a healthy diet? Think about this, do you avoid processed foods? Have you ever thought about cutting out sugar? Do you choose healthy carbs and fats? Do you choose whole foods versus processed foods? What about where to begin with optimizing your microbiome? Do you take a probiotic? Do you know what foods help or hurt or damage your microbiome? What about where to begin with intermittent fasting? If fasting for 16 hours with an eight hour eating window seems too much, try 12 hours fasting and 12 hours eating window. Try it for a few weeks and see how you feel. See if you feel better fasting when you ate normally. If you feel better, you can always experiment with different fasting methods and see where you feel best. I hope you found this episode helpful and that you did learn something new. Please do send me a message on social media and let me know what you think. I really do believe that if we want to improve our social, emotional, and cognitive abilities, it all starts with an understanding of our brain. And these top five strategies seem to move the needle the most, especially when it comes to preventing Alzheimer's and other diseases that I know we all want to avoid. See you next week.